This is The Check-In. I'm Janet Saidi. Thanks for checking in with us today. One of the most talked about books of the summer is Raven Leilani's debut novel, Luster. And it has a Missouri connection, at least for today, because Ms. Leilani will be in conversation with Skylark Books Bookshop in an event tonight. And she's agreed to check in with us to talk about the story told in her novel, Luster. It's the story of Edie narrating the honest, surprising journey of a young woman navigating all the things work, life, sex, and most importantly, art. And it's also about much more than that, which we will explore right now with Raven Leilani. Welcome to The Check-In, Raven. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure uh, because I just have to say, this isn't always the case. I know you've done a lot of interviews, but um, I'm lucky in that all of us and you know that are in journalism and public radio, that sometimes we get to interview a novelist that we've read, but this happened super quickly. I literally finished your book, put it on the kitchen table, and then saw that you were at Skylark and uh, oh, was incredible. really, really excited that you um, that you were able to come on right now. So usually it's sort of years after I've I've read someone that, but uh, I feel like I just met you through your book, and now you're on the check-in. <laughs> so so welcome. So you know, and the Thank book you. is getting a lot of attention. Um, I think I heard about it somewhere, picked it up, and then it arrived. You know, write-ups about it arrived in my New Yorker this issue. I think my Sunday Times this week also had it in there. Let me ask how all of this attention, because it's your first novel, uh, how is it changing yeah. your life right now? Um, it has, I mean, it has completely changed my life. I will say, you know, uh, maybe about a month ago, when we were about to head into this, I got a really beautiful letter from um, a writer I hadn't met before. And he said, you may know this already, but your life is about to change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm, I thought I read that letter and I was like, is that true? Yeah. And a week later, I kind of started to dawn on me. You know, you mentioned um, finding me in the New Yorker, and there's it was absolutely wild to kind of open my issue because you know I get them, <laughs> you know I, I, they just come in and I put them on my coffee table, and uh-huh. and when this one came in, um, <laughs> I, I it was it was absolutely surreal to open it and, and see my book, and it has been the, the reception too has been um, incredibly warming, uh, mm-hmm. especially in this moment, you know when there's mm-hmm. there's so much going on. Uh, I think that I used to work in publishing, uh, so I have very managed expectations around what it would be to publish yes. a book, especially um, publishing in, in a climate like this. And so I'm really, I mean, I'm just really thankful that in people are, you know, they, they care about the book, that it's connecting with people. It's, it's really a dream. Well, that is really great to hear because I, I know that, you know, if, if I got my New Yorker and f- suddenly found myself in it, I think I would find that terrifying. So, but like you said, you, you've you navigated this stuff. You've worked in publishing. You knew, even though it was your first novel um, and you're not an old person, but you knew what you were getting into. So that that is really right. great to hear um, and, and really exciting. And I know also that you have slightly changed your name, which I think must really help and I think is really advisable for authors yeah. out there. So let me talk about Luster. So it's a really, you know, it's been it's been called all these things and it's really tempting. I review books sometimes. It's really tempting to bring up all the cliches. Um, but it is a really <laughs> intimate first-person narrative of a young woman, Edie, who's navigating sexual politics, racial politics in the workplace and in relationships. Um, but it is about so much more, which we would love to explore. But let me just first ask you, what drew you to create Edie's story? So um, I... I'm in love with art. It was the very mm-hmm. first thing I ever loved. Um, that was where I started. I started with painting. 
um, before I kind of put it aside and started uh, writing more seriously. Um, and so art creeps into into pretty much everything I, I write. Um, in the short fiction I wrote before this, the art was there. And this book was really my opportunity to have the page space to tell you know, a bigger and more complex story about what it is to, to try and lay claim to that art, uh, especially if you're, you know, a young black woman. Yes. And so um, Edie is a, a young black woman, as you say, who's painting. You are a young black woman who's also painting, um, but you are also, yeah. um, you know, you really do seem to approach your writing like a painter. I can, uh, it, your um, your sentences are, are really astonishingly original, I feel like. And uh, it's funny because I would, I would say they are keenly observed, which is a cliche that reviewers used. But I feel like after after reading Luster, you should just use keenly observed and then retire that phrase forever because it is incredibly keenly observed. It's almost like you've taken a scene, an image, a, a person, and you kind of dismantle it and then put it back together sort of the way a painter might do with portraits. But I know nothing about painting. But it seems like you do that with sentences. Um, let me just ask, uh, since you brought up art and sentences, um, how do you craft your sentences? What goes into that? I, I really appreciate you saying that. And I think there's, there's an element of, of art making, at least in with, with painting, um, any sort of visual medium that requires a, a close degree of observation. Um, and so I think because I was coming from, coming from that process, uh, that found its way onto the page. But also I will say, um, language is really, really important to me. You know, the, the books that I, that I gravitate to, they have a, uh, they have like a kind of an energy, an energy to them, like an electricity on the mm -hmm. sentence level. And the very first uh, writing I fell in love with is poetry, which I think is, is very, um, very focused on the language very disciplined in its intent in the use of language. Um, and I also too, like when I, when I'm writing, I need to have, I need to feel like it's fun. Yes. <laughs> you know, the, the sign of a, a project that is maybe not the right project is it feels like drudgery. And, and if it feels like drudgery to you, then it absolutely does to the reader. Right. And so I really wanted to create an experience where um, perhaps even in the language, a reader might feel that joy. Uh, you know, that was really important to me. So it's interesting as you're writing about Edie, um, who, you know, we're talking about her as a painter. We're kind of getting straight to her story. But at first, her story seems to be about a young woman working in publishing who's basically having a lot of sex. And if you read um, yeah. a lot of the write-ups about Luster, that is kind of what's front and center. But I feel like your novel um, kind of goes through a metamorphosis that Edie herself goes through. She is a young woman working in publishing, having a lot of sex, but she becomes a really strong artist, um, if, if, yeah. if it's okay for me to kind of land a spoiler there. But that Absolutely. is kind of what happens. The centering in your story changes from being kind of what, what like guys might like reading about to uh, kind of being turned inside out and being about a young black woman finding herself and really two young black women in this world emerge as the important characters with a capital C. Did you kind of intend yeah. to uh, trick us into this kind of cool metamorphosis? Um, or did that just kind of happen naturally by you exploring and writing what you wanted to write about? I think, I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of, I, I never really know what a project is. I have to have to, I have to write to find it out. Writing for me is, is discovery. Um, but I also, yes, on, on a craft level, you know, I, I wanted, um, 
I wanted the book to have those two halves, you know, the, the, the half that is about, and I don't know if, if half is like the right word, you know, quadrant, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I wanted the book to, to have, a, you know, the component that talks about art, that talks about the messiness of that trajectory um, when you were trying to pursue it and what that looks like when the work is private and you, you yourself have to kind of affirm your artistry and feel that that private work is real. But the, you know, the sex too is, is a part of the human story I wanted to tell in this book. You know, you know a, a story about a, a, a woman who is, is seeking intimacy and seeking connection and yes. is, is very situated in her body. You know, there's so much drama you know, about the body. And it felt, it to me, it would have felt like an omission, right? To leave out that drama, that, that, that part of, of living that is bodily. And, and Edie, as a character, is, is one that is um, deeply wanton. You know, I wanted to make, yes. make room for that, for that yearning and for that desire, which I think, you know, you also see in her art. Yes, you do. And speaking of her, her yearning and desire, I, I wanted to ask you what your thoughts are about feminism as a writer. Edie makes some, you know, in her yearning, um, she makes some distinctly, what cho- some choices that we would con- consider distinctly unfeminist. Um, but totally. there's something very feminist about centering her journey and all of its contradictions and all of its needs, you know, which is very realistic. Um is this something you think about, um, or do you simply just write experience as honestly as you can? Um, so I, I guess I, I should be 100% honest and say that I, in, in those scenes specifically, in general, I feel like I kind of I cannot think about um, mm-hmm. sort of the, the reception or like mm-hmm. even really truly the political implications of what I'm writing until it's done. You know, I have to feel a freedom to come to the, to the page, but there were there were definitely moments during those sections where I felt, oh no, is this is this unfeminist, right? Like that that was a real preoccupation I had and a real responsibility I I felt in depicting um, Edie's sexual agency. But ultimately, I came the way it kind of came out was this is a woman who is asserting what she wants, and I want to allow her room to to assert that agency. You know, for me, feminism is is making room and keeping an open mind for what desire looks like for, for women, you know? And so, like you said, contradiction is the word, right? Yes. Uh, human portraits hold all of those contradictions and it was important for me to make room for that. I think that's a, you know, a whole conversation that really needs to be explored in our culture and it takes a lot of courage to do it and you're kind of, you're very much leading the way on that conversation, which is, you know, the contradictions of uh, female desire and, and, you know, and it can fit right into feminism, but it doesn't always feel like it. So I'm, I'm very glad to know, though, um, Raven, that you're not, when you're writing those sex scenes, you're not thinking about Betty Friedan or Shirley yeah. Chisholm or anyone else. Uh, <laughs> let me just say really quickly that you're checking into the check-in with us today. We are talking with author Raven Leilani. Her book, Luster, tells the story of a young woman navigating her way through all the things in the world, but also finding herself. Um, and it's about much more than that, and we're exploring what we can. Um, so another theme that you explore is uh, that I think would be easily missed, Raven, is um, one that I think is one in a lot of great literature, which from Jane Austen, the Brontes, um, you've all actually been compared in The New Yorker to Tolstoy and Anna Karenina. Um, Edie emerges as someone who's you know searching for a home and then finds a home and how sort of shelter 
um, influences her as an artist and allows her to make her art. Um, are you attracted as an artist also to this theme of seeking and needing shelter? Absolutely. I mean, it, it's really, truly um, deeply relevant, I think, in general to the art making process, to having the means, to having an environment which sort of facilitates that, you know, creation, you know, mm-hmm. with Edie specifically, um, the impediments that that are there that kind of preclude her ability to make art um they do have to do with like (laughs) those fundamental survival questions can she pay rent you know can she pay her student loans and does she you know does she have a place to live which i I don't know perhaps this is this is a spoiler right but like that (laughs) Mm -hmm. the movement of the book um is it happens that way in part because she you know she does lose her where she lives yeah. And when she does find shelter again, even though that shelter comes with its own complications, yes. suddenly, right, she can generate. And so I, I did want to talk about those those survival questions as they relate to art. And, and I felt a real personal connection with that. Because um, for me, and I think for a lot of people who are, who are making anything, um, it is a real challenge to, to juggle um, work and art. You know, the thing that allows you to, to live and eat, um, but that also perhaps kind of takes up the bandwidth that you would otherwise need to create. Um, well, and yeah. yeah. No, no, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No. So, yeah, I mean, that was just, that was a really important um, aspect of, of the book to me, which was her seeking out that shelter, which ultimately, be, you know, becomes an environment which she, um, not without complication, you know, can create. Yeah, that's great. And and sorry to interrupt there, but you were I was getting excited because I was just thinking that you know, you're you're kind of dramatizing this and making it literary, this struggle, this this uh, vulnerability that a lot of people are facing, especially right now. And you know, I assume um Raven that you wrote this story luster pre-pandemic um yeah. and before the racial justice movements arose, um before people were so as vulnerable and these disparities actually in our culture yeah. and the vulnerability of people and and many of them artists were so apparent to us. Um, what do you, how do you think the pandemic and also awareness of racism um, are influencing how the how this story is being received and landing with people right now? Well, you know, I, I have noticed um, that, like, you know, I'm starting to do interviews, and like, when you write a book, you cannot um, you cannot anticipate or predict the climate you'll release it into. And as far as um, you know, the sort of reckoning we've had around racism and police brutality, um, those are, unfortunately, those are kind of, those are old and familiar and ongoing problems. Mm-hmm. And when I wrote this book, I, you know, I, obviously I didn't know that I would be releasing it during a time when those, you know, it would kind of beg those questions, you know, in this way. But I wrote the book as a, as a Black person who has moved through the world in a body that, you know, with a hyper-awareness that I am in a body that is imperiled, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that, that made its way almost naturally onto the page. Um, and so there, there's an element of it where it just is an, an extension of my experience. Um, and I kind of, I needed in this story that is about art um, and about longing to make room for that part because Edie is a character, you know, she is a black woman, her race is, and gender are relevant to the trajectory of, of, of pretty much all of her pursuits. Um, but I would say, you know, as a, as a writer, you, 
you you hope that when you release a book like this that does touch on these issues, mm-hmm. you, you do you do not hope that it will be as relevant, you know? Yes. It would, it would be a, a wonderful thing if um, I could point to those sections in the book and those were distant, those, that was history. Yes. Um, I, I would like to, you know, I think we all would like to, um, to move to a place where um, we're not so, you know, <laughs> we're not necessarily reflecting what is actually happening right now and, and kind of all the time. Absolutely. That makes sense. You did not want to be this on point exactly you right. know, as you were writing it. But it, it you know, at least it is um, pro- probably helping to foster a conversation that's going on and a hunger that people have yeah. um, to understand. You you have a scene of police brutality in this story. I haven't really had, I've not noticed anyone else bringing this up except for I think one reviewer who said oh, it would have been good if this scene weren't in it. It wasn't necessary. And I was just a little astonished at that. But um, to me, the scene juxtaposes the security and even malaise of this quiet suburban home that Edie finds herself in um, with another young young black girl who's been adopted by this family um, or, or at least a foster child with the families. And so you have two young black women in this suburban home um, and it's juxtaposing that sort of quiet um, and the security that's feeding both of them, but also with the struggles and tragedies um, that are genuinely experienced by the, these two characters, Edie um, and the younger woman. And uh, what what are you hoping that readers see and experience through Edie in that juxtaposition? Absolutely. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I think you, you move a character um, to the suburbs. You know, the, the book is you could almost call it in two halves. One part is in, you know, the city in New York City and second part is in a, a Jersey suburb. And the moment that Edie arrives, you know, she feels the surveillance. Yes. Um, and Akila, you know, all but confirms that this is something she is aware of as well. Um, and I wanted to talk about that, how quickly that surveillance becomes violent. You know, we've seen the, the clips circulating and I wanted to, I just wanted to talk about that. Um, what what that means, what that setting means, what those central problems are for a character who is black. Raven Leilani, thank you so much. Uh, you can hear our music telling us that it's time to wrap up, but I've enjoyed the okay. conversation and wish you all the best. I wish you and your family health and happiness as you get through this pandemic. Um, and thank we'll, you. we'll see you tonight at Skylark <laughs> online. Yes, thank you for having me. All right, take care. That was Raven Leilani. She's the author of Luster. You can join her in an online book reading with Columbia's Skylark Bookshop tonight at 7. Go to skylarkbookshop.com to register for that. That's it for the check-in this week. I'm Janet Saidi. We will see you next Thursday, same, same time, same place. And-